right, everyone. There's a loop there, but we are ready to go here. Episode 198 of the MMOs.com podcast. Also here, joined this week by... Remo. And it is Classic WoW launch week. All right, Alta, I'm going to ask you anyway, what have you, what have you been doing this week? Well, yesterday we both got on and we waited in a queue all day. So that was fun. And, oh, uh, yeah. Today we are we managed to get on and we are in the Barrens. Party like it's 2004. Here we Classic are. WoW hype. So yeah, Alta and I have both been playing since service came up. We both queued up about 30 minutes before the servers officially went live. We sat in queue for about two and a half, three hours on the server Incendius. In case anyone's curious, we were playing on Horde side. And uh, a bunch of our buddies are in there as well. And we've been playing nonstop since then. I think Altai and I are both around level 11 right now. So we're not, you know, we went pretty hard yesterday. But, like, we're not trying to be world's first or anything crazy like that. We're just playing for fun, reliving our, reliving some nostalgia and having a great time with Classic WoW. And we're both level 11. And it should be noted, we both have spent more time in queue than in game. Uh, mm-hmm. Every time you log out, uh, it's like a three hours to get back in. So making it rough out there. Which is remarkable, considering um, they've actually added numerous new servers. I know they, they added four new servers just for launch day. And during launch day, they've opened up additional servers as well. And the server we're on, Incendius, I logged in this morning. It's a, it was a medium pop server in the morning. It's currently a high pop right now, as of this podcast. And I had a 7,000 queue in the morning on a medium pop server. So the numbers are staggering. In fact, Classic WoW, I think, shattered all expectations because just the queue times are ridiculous. Everyone kind of posted, like, come on, they should have known better. They should open more servers and whatnot. But I... I don't think Blizzard anticipated this level of demand only because, you know, Wall Street didn't expect this level of demand either. Because if you look at the Activision Blizzard stock price today, a down day in the in the stock markets, Activision Blizzard is up 5% on a day when EA is down marginally. K2 is basically up a t- like a penny or two, a tiny amount. So where other stocks are flat to down, World of Warcraft's uh, Activision Blizzard is up 5%, which doesn't sound like a lot, guys, but 5% for a company as large as Activision Blizzard is enormous. And it's up on a day when the market is down, showing you that the move is related to WoW Classic's launch. And 5% equals about $1.8 billion in added value to their market cap purely from WoW Classic's launch. Now, if, the, if WoW Classic continues to perform well, stock will do even better. If it staggers off, I'm sure it'll come down a bit from there. But it is remarkable to see the effect of WoW Classic on, on company's stock. And here's that little spike there if you want to... So this bump right here... This is the wow bump. We call it, we call it the wow bump. All right, so it's a technical analysis like, whoa, here. Whoa, look at that bump. Wow. Uh, so yeah. nobody, I mean, clearly some people expected this, but like when you see a stock react to a, a big launch, if it goes up quite a bit, it, it's showing you that the people that are, you know, the market didn't anticipate this level of demand. It's a pretty cool gauge for any kind of new game launch. Oftentimes when a, game, a, hyped, a very hyped game launches, the stock will actually go down because it didn't perform as well as expected. So you, you can't be like, oh, of course it was hype. You buy it before the hype and you make a ton of money. But you can never know. Because again, I've seen so many times when a giant game launches, a company's stock price actually dives because initial sales figures you know, don't really surpass the market's expectations. So with WoW Classic, at least, on the financial side, so far it's it's beyond what they expected, which, which is good for WoW Classic fans. And we've seen on Twitch.tv, 1.1 million people you know, watching the game uh, on launch, which is pretty crazy. And it's surprising... Uh, how, again, I think you said uh, it surpassed their expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right because the server we, we chose, we actually chose Herod at first because uh, mm-hmm. the server list came out like weeks ago. And we ended up playing on this server, Incendius, whatever it's called. Uh, it, this server was literally launched uh, two hours before the game went live. And yet it managed to open it up at a high, high population, you know, 15,000 people queued. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they could have really anticipated how popular it would be. And look, you, you have to balance 
uh, things on Blizzard's end too. People are complaining, why didn't they open more servers? Because they know the player base will shrink from here. You know, every, mm-hmm. every it doesn't mean it's gonna fail or anything. I, th- I think it's gonna be a big success, but there's always that you know drop down after the first like week. Uh, mm-hmm. So they didn't want to go overboard with number of servers, which is I think is a smart play. So no, no, I don't really, I don't really fault them. You know, just get in line, get in the queue, get on, and go AFK like I did. Okay, you just mentioned get in queue, all right? And as I was playing uh, Classic WoW, there's a few things I noticed right away that people were actually getting in queue. So Altai, take a look at these uh, images I'm sharing with you on uh, on Discord. Share it to the stream because, you know, at least on the Horde side on Incendius, we've seen lines forming, and I'm sure you've seen posts yep. on RMRPG and Reddit for queues being formed for a lot of quests in the game. So essentially, there, there are quests in the game with uh, you have to kill one enemy or one NPC spawns. You got to right-click on it, pick up an item off the floor. It disappears, and, and it'll respawn again in like 10 seconds. So people were actually forming queues for these kinds of quests in the game, which is remarkable because like it, the incentive to skip the, to the front of the line is huge. But for the most part, a lot of these queues, at least in the faster respawning um, like items, were respected. Uh, most people did not cut in line, though there were some queues for uh, like killing a boss or one NPC that spawns once every five minutes, those queues were never respected. But a lot of the item queues for the quest were respected. So it was pretty cool to see people line up, you know, and respecting the queue to do these, uh, you know, these kind of quests. Yeah, it, w- it was remarkable. And it should be noted that this wasn't always the case. Like you said, it worked with the, the smaller cooldowns, like sh- shorter cooldowns. But there mm-hmm. was one, I remember there was one um, named NPC we had to kill. And instead of waiting in line, people were just bunched up right where he spawns. And everybody was clicking one 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 one, which is like the auto attack key by default. And you're referring to Zalzane. Zalzane on the Echo Islands was a, yes. was a, a slow spawn that, unfortunately, there were no rules of, of waiting in line. In fact, it was just a free for all. I got lucky. Maybe after ten minutes, I finally I tagged him. I got the kill. Got out of there. But there were people mm-hmm. there, I think, for hours just trying to tag that one mob. All right. So I, I want to talk a little bit about our, our actual experience with Vanilla WoW because I think this is important and it kind of um reflects our thinking on MMORPGs in general. Because I, I, I had a bit of an emotional connection with, with Classic WoW as I was playing. You know, honestly, I wasn't as hyped for it as a lot of my friends were. But as I played it, there was a lot to actually really like about Classic WoW. And as I played it, I, I really appreciated things that like, I just haven't seen in modern MMORPGs today. And one of the biggest things is the pacing of the game. You know, for so long, for basically since we made MMOs.com now years ago, like every new MMORPG we played, the loving experience never felt fun or interesting or engaging or like anything but like like eye-rolly and boring and lame. But I actually really, en- so far at least, I am enjoying the loving experience in Classic WoW because I think the pacing is actually pretty interesting. You know, you aren't blazing past levels. I think all time I have about 10 hours played in game and only level 11, you know. Each level takes a little bit of time to get through. You're, as you're progressing through the zones, you're kind of exploring all, like, every part of the zone. Yep. You're doing a ton of quests. And and the quests don't feel like, you know, just... They, they take a little while to complete. Like, everything's just a little bit slower paced. And it lets you appreciate the zones and the pacing of the game. And it reminds me, when we were playing Revelation Online, for example, we would click next, 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 next. Our character would auto-walk to the next quest zone. Like, you had no player input when you are playing Revelation Online whatsoever. And you look at, you know, even Estelle, or any, like, these, any of these Korean MMORPGs, you spend no amount of significant amount of time in any single zone. You just blaze through it with no sense of like accomplishment. Like when I'm when I'm when I'm playing a Korean MMORPG, you can you can literally insert any game. It just feels like until I get the max level, nothing matters. And I'm never looking forward to that new piece of gear. Like, oh, you can play this quest in Estelia, you got a better weapon. Who cares? There's no I feel no impact on my new weapons, my armor, my talents. In fact, in a lot of Korean MMORPGs, 
even a Maple Story to a degree, like uh, today at least, not old Maple Story, current Maple Story, post Big Bang. Like I won't even spend my skill points. So, like I level up eight times because like what's the point, right? But in, in Vanilla WoW, every time I level up, I, I spend my skill, my, my, my talent point. I look forward to getting new weapons. I, I actually bought a level five weapon. All right, people are actually buying and selling level five weapons that are green because in relation to your your starting gray weapon, it's a huge improvement. I, I bought like an an axe of boar, axe of strength of the boar or something. It's like seven DPS versus my three DPS starting weapon. I paid some guy ten silver for it because it was it was a meaningful upgrade. You know, everything feels like a meaningful upgrade in terms of my gear improvement. I can look forward to new gear. I can look forward to getting new abilities later on because the game is paced in such a way that every incremental improvement feels useful. It feels like I'm getting something out of it when I'm playing. Like even when I'm leveling Final Fantasy 14, the only part of Final Fantasy 14's leveling experience that made it like tolerable for me was at least the story. I, I was listening and you know uh, putting myself in the story, but the actual mechanics of doing the gameplay and the leveling was awfully boring in Final Fantasy 14. It's awful in so many games, and I, I think the formula for Classic WoW isn't really magical. What makes Classic WoW work for me, at least, and I think for Altai as well, he'll, he'll correct me if I'm wrong for him, is I think we humans have a natural tick to want to fill up these bars. You know, we want to level up. You know, we want to fill up that bar and get a little bit stronger. That basic formula, right, is perfect. But newer games have ramped up the dopamine levels to an insane level where you're leveling like five times every every, every hour. You know, that's insane. You should level up like 10 times an hour. You know, you should have to at least work for it a little bit. Like when you, when you just keep throwing levels at you, and on mobile games, it's even worse. On mobile games... They're just throwing so much shit at you. I, I don't understand like who that works on. Like when I when I play a mobile game, I'm only leveling up ten times an hour, and all these things are flashing in my face. Like, oh, you got this extra rare, super rare, all these weapons. It means nothing. I, I don't understand. Maybe maybe I'm just an old boomer. But, like when they throw all this shit at me, and I'm getting all these perks, it doesn't mean anything. I have to be drip fed my progression on a reasonable, gentlemanly level, and I think that's what makes Classic WoW work for me. And I think that's why it's it's doing really well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with. I, I agree with everything you said. I think the the fact that things go quickly, though, the problem with that is not just information overload, which is a which is a big deal. I agree, but more importantly, I think it, it doesn't give us a sense of space. You know, we need in our in our brains, we need to map out a region, right, to to appreciate it and to realize where we are. And when you go too quickly and everything is auto walk, you don't know where everything is versus everything else. Like mm -hmm. that that first zone you started in Horde, Durator, right? Mm -hmm. I know where every cave is now. Like, okay, yeah. that one is in the north, this one's in the south. But I'm playing mm -hmm. like Revelation or something. I don't know where anything is in relation to the main town. Did I no, go north? Did I go south? I don't really remember because I clicked the auto play, auto auto move, and it just does it by itself. So I, I just end up there. I, I don't know. Am I am I like north of here? Am I on a different continent? Did I teleport here? I have no clue. Everything is too you know disconnected. So it's it's amazing that it's all connected here. You have time to appreciate it and learn it, and it kind of gets embedded in your mind as an actual geographic place rather than just like mm -hmm. a name. The pacing is just, I think, remarkable. Again, it just we have the the they give you the dopamine in, in the perfect amounts where you're not overwhelmed. It just oh, information overload, or just they're, they're just trying to throw so much stuff at you. Like again, I look forward to be able to get new weapons and new abilities in in World of Warcraft as I'm playing. I never had that feeling when I'm leveling in Revelation or or Maple Story or so many other MRPGs. Though Maple Story uh, pre Big Bang, I did have that feeling. I think the pacing was really good in that game where you look forward to every single level. It just it's remarkable that like. In early, for it seems like the MRPG formula has changed so much where you kind of have those things to look forward to in the late game. Like in Final Fantasy 14, I look forward to getting my item level 475 weapon. You know, I did my resets actually you know, just when the servers came up. I didn't get my weapon, which kind of sucks, but I'm looking forward to getting my weapon. There are things I look forward to in Final Fantasy 14, but I never looked forward to any of that stuff as I leveled. And 
what I left Asmongold's, um, as I was grinding in Vanilla, I was listening to some Asmongold as well. Uh, and he actually made a comment like, he, when he was grinding Murlocs for like hours, he made a comment like, this is what I really enjoy doing. I can just relax and kill these Murlocs. And that's it. Like, he just, he could just turn his brain off and kill some Murlocs. And I think deep down, that's what we're all missing in our lives. We all want to just turn our brains off and kill some Murlocs. And I think it's going to elevate all of us into a better place if we could just kill Murlocs with our brains turned off. It's kind of like IRL fishing, right? You want to relax. Yeah. Get a, get a drink, you know, sit back. And you, you just can't do that in modern... It, it, it's just remarkable that so many games have gone to a point where you just can't do that anymore. Where you have no point to relax and, and do something. You know, We played Revelation for like like hours. Like on launch day, we played for like five hours, at least. And at no point did we stop to actually do anything. Yeah. You were constantly click, click, going click, from click, point click, A yeah. to point B to point C. And you, you were killing these enemies. And, and none of it felt like it mattered. Every time I got a new piece of gear, I'm like, why not? The game is like, you got gear, auto-equipped. So all my gear was auto-equipped. I, I felt no level of progression in the game whatsoever. And you never had to progress. Like in vanilla WoW, I, if I kill a level twelve mob and I don't just sit for a second, or if I pull two level twelve mobs, I'm gonna die. And that's never the case in any other like modern MMORPG, where it's literally face roll tier. And it's not like that. I mean, I'm not saying the grind is difficult in vanilla WoW. It's not. It just takes a while. But you not be able to pull two enemies at once and risking death. Just it lets you pre like the fear of death. The, the possibility of dying when you pull two enemies, it makes you want to get that better gear. It makes you want to be stronger. There's nothing in Final Fantasy XIV, at least you know, while you're leveling, that makes you like want to get better gear. In fact, when I played fourteen to max level, at no point in the story did I stop and like grind better gear, go to the auction house and buy better gear, because it didn't matter. I was wearing the trashiest loot, and I wouldn't even bother upgrading it, because it didn't matter. And it's like that in, in, in any game where you level up very quickly now, which is unfortunately too many and more PGs. Now, all these problems are generally fixed in the late game, but it's just bizarre to me that they made the early experience so brain-dead and, and frustrating, and, and there's nothing to look forward to. You know, I made one uh, oops when I was playing uh, Classic. Mm -hmm. So I was running through I was running through the Barrens, and there was like a camp of monsters that were like, you know, red to me. Like, they were like way higher level than me. Like level 17, I'm like level 10. And you know what I did? Mm -hmm. I put on my, bubble, my shield as a priest, mm -hmm. and I ran right through them, thinking I'd be fine. Because they would just mm -hmm. go back after three seconds, right? Because in, in, in retail, wow, that, that's what happens, right? I can just run through anything as my priest. Like it, does, it doesn't matter what level they are. All the I just run right through the mobs. It's fine. I tried it here. They hit me once. They slowed me down. Then the other two hit me once, and, and I was dead. So mm -hmm. again, the whole you have to navigate the world because there are you know obstacles in the way. Finally, and I think mm -hmm. that's why I think a lot of naysayers are wrong. I think a lot of people in chat and on Reddit and stuff have been saying it's all nostalgia. It's gonna all drop away. It's gonna be a small part. I think the, I think it's gonna be more like old school RuneScape, where this is gonna be equal in size, at least, uh, to the retail game, if not bigger. If it's bigger, that'd be a huge, huge story because again, it's the the whole you think you do but you don't, you know. Now, now it really just turns to you want to but you can't because of the queues. But like, <laughs> it, it, it is it is truly amazing. Somebody actually in the chat, Fading Dragon, made a comment which I thought was pretty funny. He says in Final Fantasy fourteen, I don't even move out of the red, meaning. When there's giant red circles on top of him when he's playing the game, he doesn't even bother moving out of them because it doesn't matter. Like, in fact, in Final Fantasy 14, I didn't even realize what the stack markers were, the AOE markers, what they meant. So I, I would also just not move out of the way for AOE markers because it didn't matter. I could just tank all the AOE hits as a caster. It did, nothing mattered. So at no point did I even try to get out of the way for those abilities. In, in, but wow, I'm obviously trying to be careful to pull one enemy at a time. And just, just, I'm having fun. I'm having fun leveling. When in so few games, you can actually say that. And I think, the, again, the formula for WoW isn't, like, magical. All they did was get the pacing right, and the UI and the gameplay just feel smooth. The balance and stuff, 
doesn't really matter that much. But what made WoW really successful too early on, I think, is it's the game brand really well. It runs buttery smooth. And when I played it back in beta in like 2004, I remember even back then when I was playing Ultima Online, I thought the gameplay itself, like the actual like just killing enemies, wasn't really great. But I'm like, I played Ultima Online, I played EverQuest. It ran way better than EverQuest. But I liked Ultima Online more because there was more stuff to do in the game. But what WoW did really well is it felt really smooth. It felt super fluid. And compare that to like a game like Bless Online or Revelation Online, which just feel unbelievably janky and shit. You know, any Unreal Engine 3 powered MRPG just feels like ass. You know, and those little things grind that just, just hurt the experience a lot more than you even realize. You know, when you play, even if you enjoy the core gameplay of Bless, the game dropping like 20 FPS all the time, just like it, it just makes it unplayable in my eyes and like kind of pushes you away from it. WoW just runs buttery smooth. And I think that really helped the game succeed as well early on. It does. It does run smooth. It did run smooth at the time. And uh, I actually want to correct one thing. A lot of people online are saying that Classic WoW was difficult. I don't think that's true. I think mm-hmm. I think it requires you to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not that's not to say it's difficult. Anybody can get to sixty in what anybody mm-hmm. can raid in Classic WoW because the buff mechanics were way 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 simpler than what's available today, and even in retail or Final Fantasy. But there's no you know you don't have to, there's no bullet hell mode where you just dodge these things. It's basically every single boss in Classic is a tank and spank. You just tank and spank and gear check. Yeah. So you just stand there and you just stand there and do one move over and over again if you're DPS. If you're a tank, mm-hmm. you stand there and tank. If you're the healer, you just heal. And that's basically mm-hmm. it. Every boss is like that. So, yeah, so the mechanics aren't difficult. The the thing is, it, it require it just requires you to be present, and a lot of mm-hmm. these current games don't even require don't even require that. You just click to go to the next quest. You you, you, just, you know you don't have to pay attention at all. You can't die, you can't lose. You you, you know there's no risks, there's no reward, there's nothing. So well, until of course you get the late game, and this problem I think is, is clearly in, in the early aspect of the game. You played retail uh, WoW as well, right before Classic WoW launched. Yeah. Just while you're you know killing time. You did some mythic raids as well. You know, clearly you can die over there. I mean, yeah, yes. only you said only what sixty guilds or something cleared. Uh, you know, the latest Ashara, Queen Ashara. Ashara, yeah. So clearly that stuff requires you know presence of mind and being there. It's just they took all that away from the early experience, whereas uh, Vanilla WoW kind of kept that throughout the entire game. Right, but yeah. So the mythic raids do require they're, they're challenging. Not everyone can do mm-hmm. that. That's that, I'm not talking yeah. about that. I'm talking about the regular gameplay. Again, it, I don't actually want it to be difficult, right? Because there has to be a balance between popularity and challenge, right? You can't just make a game for the hardcore people. I don't think that works. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to make the game hard, but just make it so the guy has to pay attention. I, I don't think there's too much to ask. People are saying, well, there's no there's no market for a difficult game. Not, I, I think there is a market for a game that just requires you to actually pay attention. Like that, that, That's not a very high bar. And it's so much more rewarding. When I get that piece of gear in, in WoW, when I get a gear upgrade, it feels good. It really does. You know, when I get a... A gear upgrade in, in, in Bless or in, in Arcade or in so many random games, it, it, like, it doesn't really feel good because like I, I don't need it. I, I, I can kill things plenty without it. You know, it just feels like all right. You know, maybe I can kill a little bit faster, but like it doesn't feel good to get a gear upgrade the way it does in in, in Classic. Indeed. Well, so you got kicked off before we got online, uh, mm-hmm. and now just to relog, there's a three hour queue, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I put my my queue screenshot earlier. I'm currently at seven thousand nine hundred fifty eight in queue. Uh, to get on to Incendius. So I think it's going to take me at least two and a half hours from here to get on. You said it'd be a little sooner, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I hopefully hopefully within the week, um, these kind of queues kind of go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. But uh, So what are your long-term predictions for uh, Classic WoW? I'm optimistic. You know, I, I think we're going to lose some players that are just jumped in for the hype because you know, they saw their favorite streamers play. They saw you know everyone talking about their playing. I think they'll drop off a bit. I think the queues will all be fixed within, within a week. I think the queues will be largely gone. On, except maybe the busiest of the busy servers. 
I think it'll be successful though. I think there is a market for this, and I think they have a good content schedule in terms of rolling out, you know, uh, Dire Maul, the other, you know, forty man raids and stuff. There's there's a good content schedule for it. But I'm curious what they're going to do at the end of Vanilla. I mean, are they going to go to uh, you know, the Burning Crusade? Are they going to develop new content? They haven't said anything yet. They're still going to consult with players and see what the community wants. I'm hoping they go along with the OSRS route, where basically developers will throw suggestions and basically allow players to vote on it and go with the, what works. You know, that way they consult the players. They give the, the developers get their own ideas and to see if players approve, and they'll move on from there. So there's a lot of options. There's a lot of places they can take it. I'm optimistic though on, on, on Classic WoW being very successful. I mean, I, I don't know if it will match retail years from now. Like a year from now, I'm not sure if it'll be the same amount as retail, but I think. It's an enormous boost to the game subscribers. And I think for sure we'll get an official update from Blizzard on how well Classic is doing, only because it's doing so well. I don't think Blizzard wants to talk about subscription numbers, but they want to, Blizzard wants to brag whenever they can. Any publicly traded company, they love bragging. You know, if, if Blizzard could say, we have X number of players that logged in on day one, they're going to say it because it's going to boost their stock price. And when that happens, their executives get fatter bonuses and their stock is worth more. So any chance a big company can have to release uh, impressive numbers, they will. The only reason they stopped reporting official subscription numbers was the numbers were going down. Nobody wants to talk about numbers going down. They want to talk about numbers going up. So I think because Classic WoW is doing so well, we're going to get some official number, some kind of update on its popularity soon. And I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, and just to finally wrap up there, uh, yesterday, uh, the game WoW hit 1.2 million viewers on Twitch, mm -hmm. which puts it uh, about equal to the Dota TI peak. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think I the all-time high was like 1.3 for Fortnite. So this was, wow. a, it was a big launch, very successful. People sat through those queues. There definitely is demand here. And personally, I hope they fork, they do a fork where they add new content in a different direction. So not even That BC. would be really cool. I don't even want to see BC. I just want to go a different direction. Uh, it can kind of incorporate some stuff from, you know, past exp expansions. But I want a different route, just like OSRS. Uh, but we'll see. They're going to consult the community, like you said. And we'll see where people want it to go. That's, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll be playing Classic WoW uh, probably for the rest of the week ourselves, and all our buddies are all playing as well. And I hope to see people watching the stream play as well. If they want to, you know, if they haven't decided to play yet, if you do decide to play, hop on Incendius. We're playing on Horde. You can play on either. You can play Alliance and Kill Us. That works as well. And uh, I'm having fun. On a, on a sadder note now, so that's a, that's a big success for Activision Blizzard. We've mm -hmm. had some bad news. We had some casualties on the field of the MMO Oof. genre. What happened? Well, Peria Chronicles was finally canceled by Nexon. So Oof, we had a big little, sad. We had a big, we had a little bit of a false hope. I remember, uh, you know, like about, I don't know, maybe six months, a year ago, they said, well, they, it wasn't canceled. JK, I know it's been six years, but it's not canceled. We're still working on it. We got kind of hyped. Uh, but then they said, nope, JK, it's gone. Actually, it was a bit more than just what you just said all the time because they had a, they had their first ever like closed beta on May 9th, 2019. So they actually let players into the game. So that went from like the game being really hype and interesting and like mystical to like, hey, we're, we're at the point where we're going to let you guys play the game. And after that announcement, I was like, I was kind of hyped for the game too because we finally have something concrete, you know, something playable. But literally like two months after that, they've announced now, uh, as reported by Inven, that the game is shutting down. Nexon has pulled the plug. They spent approximately $8.2 million developing the game and it just didn't meet player expectations. And uh, they just, they just, they just couldn't make it work, which is unfortunate. First of all, eight point two million over like six years, I think is a yeah. is really cheap. That's, I'm surprised they're so efficient over there in Korea. But there mm -hmm. you go. Um, but uh, th what was hyped by this one too is like we've talked for a long time. They tried to do something a little bit different. I mean, if you mentioned, if you looked at their original like discussion, of what Parry Chronicles was in an interview, they said Parry Chronicles compares itself to Minecraft, and uh, more so than anything else because they they, they pushed player created content whether it's instances and, and structures and stuff so other players are creating the content in the game and they were still calling it an mrpg so it was an mrpg more akin to minecraft 
than a traditional MMORPG, which sounds really cool because, again, they're doing something different with MMORPGs, not just another theme park nonsense. So that's what got, got us really excited and what made us follow Parrot Chronicles for, for years now. But despite all that, it's, it's done, though. You know, it's, it's dead. Rest in pepperoni. A few people are asking why this happened and why now. Uh, the best answer I have for that is Nexon tried to sell itself uh, a few months ago. We covered it here. Uh, but no, they actually couldn't find a buyer, which is surprising. At least a buyer willing to pay the price they wanted. So they decided not to sell themselves at a lower price. And instead now they're kind of consolidating studios. And I suspect there's going to be more uh, heads to roll. So I don't think this will be the first project canceled, either in development or even a live service. I think there's going to be more casualties at uh, Nexon. Plus, I mean, they, 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 they tried to make something ambitious. And when they when players tried it, the feedback they got was like, you know, not what they expected. So it, it just did, people just didn't like the game as well. I mean... If they can make a game that people like, I don't think the game would have been canceled. But the studio behind that, I think, was a little too ambitious for their own capabilities. They just couldn't make the vision they wanted. And what they created clearly didn't you know, match with their vision. And that's why the game, you know, they pulled the plug on it. I mean, if there was any kind of chance of success here, they would have kept making it. But the game is, uh, game is done, though. So. so just wild speculation here. No, we have no concrete facts. Just you know, nonsense here. Omar, do you think any other live games by Nexon in the West are under threat? Oh, like Maple oh, Story for 2. sure. I, I say Maple, Sto- Maple Story 2 is under threat here. Not yet. I, I, it is clearly underperforming. Yeah. I'll give you that. I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to pull the plug on it just yet, but it, it definitely didn't meet their expectations. I mean, we've seen um, Rise of Icarus on the Nexon launcher. It, it got moved over to... Um, it's not on. It's getting moved from Nexon over to Volove, yep. which if, if you know about... Volove is like some global publisher. I think they're affiliated with Nexon. I think Nexon might own a piece of them or something. But they basically take all the reject games and they, and they, they, they relaunch them. They're almost like the modern-day, uh, newer version of Suba Games, but with a little bit more modern games. They published Atlantica, which was once published directly through, you know, Nexon themselves, and uh, even Combat Arms. They published Combat Arms, Atlantica, uh, and now they're going to be publishing uh, Rise of Icarus as well. So all these old Nexon games, along with a few other oddballs. You know, Luminary Rise of the Gunzu was like a 2005 oldest-fuck game they're publishing as well. So, so here, here's some stats for here? MapleStory 2. We got, uh, this is only the Steam numbers again. The game is available on their own launcher, so it's not totally accurate. Mm-hmm. But we have an all-time peak of 42,000, and now we're down to 660. Yeah, not good. And it's, it, you know, it's not an old game. It, has, it hasn't been up for even a year on, on Steam yet. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a quick, quick downfall here. I got one for you, Altai. Vindictus, I think, is on the chopping block. Really? Yeah. I think the player-based strong- numbers are not good. Not in the West. Look at the player. If you look at Steam charts, obviously, again, not perfect uh, comparison because Vindictus was, is available through Nexon's own launcher. On Steam charts, it averages 236 players online. But here's the thing. It was never big on Steam. If you look at the all-time it, peak. It peaked at 3,000. It's not. You know, so it's only down, what, 90%? <laughs> I mean, look, look at Maple Story 2. <laughs> That's down like, oh, my goodness. Like 99%. I think Mabinogi as well. I mean, I think Mabinogi's got a very core audience that's very loyal to the game. That they spend a lot of money in the game, and the average revenue per Mabinogi user is quite high because it is a unique game and it's got a very loyal, hardcore player base. But the player base numbers themselves are not high. It's a unique game, so it's every, it, those are my two estimates: Mabinogi and Vindictus. I think Vindictus will probably get uh, axed first here in the West. I think okay, so that's a good, that's a good contrast. So you're betting your horse on Vindictus. My horse is Maple Story Two, and we'll see how it goes. I think they they still see some kind of there's a possibility for a turnaround there. I think I don't think they've given up on Maple Story Two yet. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's I a got, good point. Lost one more. I'm sorry. One more thing. I don't know why Nexon is even in the West. Next, yeah, Nexon. Ne- all their games here have been a disaster for the most part for the company. Besides, except Maple Story One. But even but even with Maple Story One, 
Nexon mm-hmm. America has been losing money every single year since they got established. Yeah. And, and their cumulative losses, I mean, I mean, even they make money now, it's too late. Like, they've lost billions in America. I don't know why they keep uh, trying. They should stick to mobile games here. Make them in Korea and just, you know, translate them. That's fine. So, so show off this chart again. You prepared this chart in, uh, in late 2017, or in, in early 2017. So it's a little dated now. But look at Nexon America's revenues and operating income uh, for their U.S. division, which is remarkable. I don't think anyone else besides you actually compiled this data for anyone in the West. I, 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 I find should, it pretty interesting. I should update it. Yeah, it's been like two years, mm-hmm. uh, but I suspect another two years of losses. But so as you can see, they've lost money. Actually, 2010, I guess, is the year they came out. Mm-hmm. At least they went public in 2010. Uh, they had a slight, slight, slight operating income, but since then it's been zoop, straight down. So in twenty, looks like twenty sixteen, they had eighty five million in top line revenue and forty three million in losses. That's insane. So for every like two dollars they make, they have one million, one dollar in losses, which is insane. So Nexon America has been bleeding money. Uh, since then, of course, uh, Nexon has acquired a few mobile studios in the West, and those games might be marginally profitable to make these numbers look a little bit better. But I think Nexon's PC publishing arm and the development arm here in the West. Has just been bleeding money. The yeah. only game that has a chance, I think, is next uh, is Maple Story One because Maple Story One is still popular. What I think the reason they're losing money, and you see this chart kind of diverge in 2011, is they they're taking the profits from Maple Story One in the West and rolling it out into trying to make all these other games that nobody wants to play. That just never really took off in the West. Yeah, agreed. And and you like you said, I think the mobile division has a chance. They bought a, a Western studio. I think they're the ones who make like I think it's called Stories. If anyone's heard of this, it's like these uh, episodic. I don't even know what they call them. Like, uh, I guess visual novels, really. Weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think those are okay. A lot yeah, of yeah, weird yeah. ads. For There's a lot of weird ads. Mm-hmm. So they have some. They have some chance with those. Um, Listen, I'm, somebody in the chat mentioned it too. I think we said it before too. I I think they're going to make a Maple Story One Classic server. If they, you know, now that WoW Classic is doing well, OSRS is doing really well. We've seen progression servers for EverQuest One, EverQuest Two, and Ragnarok Online do really well as well. So because of that, I mean, they've actually kind of already done. Their lab servers on MapleStory once. They've tested the waters, waters on different server rule sets. So I think they're playing with the idea. And I think we will get a classic um, classic server for MapleStory. I think because the classic MapleStory experience is actually so radically different than the modern experience. That it really does warrant having its own separate server. The same way Classic WoW is actually so radically different than Retail WoW. That's a good, I if, know, you, yeah. if they made a classic MapleStory server, I would play on it on day one. That'd yeah, me too. Yeah. Again, we've had a few people in the chat saying, I play on it too. That'd be amazing. Yeah. It's such a different game than post Big Bang. I mean, obviously, there's some changes before Big Bang as well, but like that was really the, the point in, in Maple Story's development where it changed so drastically with Big Bang, where they made leveling so much easier. Just a, and, and there are private servers for Maple Story that there are thousands of players online. You know, there are, there are private servers for Maple Story 1 that are more popular than Maple Story 2 on Steam. You know, like people do want to play that classic experience. Yeah. And I, someone did mention that they are uh, merging servers for. Uh, Maple Story one, uh, but mm-hmm. so they're going to go down to five servers uh, after the mm-hmm. merge. But I don't think I really said anything about classic uh, plus or minus. You know, they would mm-hmm. they would be two separate you know servers either way. So it wouldn't really. I don't I don't think that, I don't think that really hints at whether or not uh, classic is on mm-hmm. the way or not. Yeah, I, I'm hoping for. It. I think I think Maple Story on a classic server would be really interesting and something I would definitely play. Again, it's there was something remarkably chill about just grinding in Maple Story, and that's one of the reasons I still like the even even retail Maple Story, right? Like the early experience is actually so confusing and the kind of like Mimi, where like you're just teleporting, you're, like, you're changing environments so often. Because when you're playing during the burning event, you don't stay in any one spot for more than like an hour because you're always changing locations. You know, once you get like level 150, leveling really slows down. And then you get like, the, then, then you feel like at least like a classic experience where things are going nice and slow. And even then, obviously, it's fast compared to you know, classic days. But that's what Maple Story is really fun. You can just turn your brain off, 
and just grind. That's what we all want to do inside. We want to turn our brains off and grind. Indeed. And right, uh, I'll take, go, go ahead. ahead. No. I was thinking it's a fun story, yeah. but if you got one more thing for this. Oh, one more thing. Nexon is working on a mobile version or working with Tria Savior for a mobile version. Have you heard of this one? It's called uh, Spirit Wish. Ooh. And it looks pretty similar to uh, Tria Savior. Tria Savior. So you can take a look here. I think this game is actually out on Android. I tried to download it on my iPhone, but it doesn't work. So mm -hmm. I, I, obviously the iPhone version is not out yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, I think I think it is an official, you know, cooperation with the Tree of Savior people. So, mm -hmm. but it, I think the, the gimmick here is you control three characters at once. So you don't you don't even have to party with anyone. You, you know, you got you can have your tank, your healer, and your DPS all. I see a giant auto button. You see the auto button, Altai? It's so of big. Of course, you need the auto button. I don't get it. You know. The only like the PCM or remind me of when you said uh, you control three people. The Sword of the New World yep. or Granada and Spada on the PC. That was kind of autoplay too, but only by virtue of like when enemies came near you and attacked you, you would fight back. So you just put your your army of dudes in uh, Sword of the New World, Granada and Spada, like in a dungeon, and you just constantly keep killing enemies. It's just kind of cool. But the whole game is gonna be autoplay here, so that autoplay has kind of turned me off from it. But I, I, I like the visuals. You Have know, you it looks this? nice. I've it's, never played. It's this. called Spirit Wish. This looks a lot like this. Actually, looks like the interface and the gameplay looks a bit like um, ooh, what's, what's it? Grand Chase Mobile, which is which launched like mm. earlier this year. I'm getting some Grand Chase Mobile vibes from this. Anybody else? Yeah, well, I mean, I actually wanted. To, I was I was taking a dump actually, which is when I downloaded my mobile games. And I was like, I saw an ad for this. I was like, oh, I'll download this. Nope, doesn't exist on this app store. So sadly, iPhone users, we can't play it just yet. Uh, it, I'm sure it'll come out. It's probably in beta or something right now. Yeah. I got a good game for you to play in the pooper all time. You got to try Perfect World Mobile. Uh, we mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but it is uh, officially out in Europe and North America now in English. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we'll give it a try, but I mean, you made like over $100 million in like the first month in China. Something ridiculous, you know? These mobile games just mint money in China. But uh, I plan on giving it a try on my, my, my mobile device, but I'm not expecting much. I'm expecting an autoplay Chinese pay to win game. That's yep. my expectations. Any, any gameplay videos? Uh, they, the, the videos they released were always kind of like. These weird cutscene videos, but yeah, with no interface, right? Yeah, perfect world mobile gameplay. You'll find something if you search on YouTube. And I know this game is still doing really well on um mm -hmm. on the charts. Yeah. Okay, just click this random one. See what we get here. I'm All getting right. some lineage two revolution vibes from the world map. Yes, at least. it looks very similar. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a really crowded field. Like these games are so indistinguishable from one another. If you thought the you know the cloning issue was a problem with PC MMORPGs, you know back in let's say 2010, mm -hmm. 2011, 12, you know there were so many games coming out that looked so similar. Uh, the mobile field is so much more uh, cloning mm -hmm. and saturated. These games are so identical. There's like a new one coming out every like, week or day. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. All right, I'll I I got a game for you. I got a Kickstarter game for you all time, oh, a kickstarter right? my favorite let's see it this is actually one of the most bizarre kickstarters i've seen okay there's a lot wrong with this right it's really weird and just take a look it's called wheelcraft heroes wheelcraft all right let's see what we got here okay there's some there's some uh, this is for, the first thing i saw when i looked at this video and i saw oh the art God. and i read this text so look at this text Altai. wheelcraft heroes next gen idle mrpg and turn-based tactical combat in real time, player versus player, with esport and streaming built-in. What does that mean? Listen, it's an idle MRPG with turn-based combat. Oh, by the way, it's also real-time combat, turn-based and real-time, with esport and streaming built-in. What the heck are they talking about? Okay, here's what they did. They went to Google Trends, 
they put in like game video game related terms okay yeah they, these were the top 10 terms that came up when they searched for video games we got we got esports player versus player real time you know, turn-based mrpg it, idle game <laughs> this is a scam i'm calling it right now because look at this gameplay look at this video right first of all like don't you are you getting new pet vibes look at like 35 seconds you see this wheel spinning and you use new art, art style I'm getting, I'm getting like fourth grade uh no, some chinese spyware nonsense autoplay games art. yeah like, this is like some project for like a fourth grader yeah look at the gameplay at like two minutes right this auto this like autoplay uh gameplay this is like identical to so many garbage chinese mobile games right and it's so funny because the, the official wheelcraft studio right under under about section it says they're based in denmark bullshit it's a chinese studio 100 percent. They, they they are not based in denmark all right arthur mortensen was the fake name they put on here this ain't a real person this is this is 100 percent chinese nonsense game they're just this lying looks, this looks like a beta for like the original adventure quest like it's so yeah amateur yes hour. yes it's it, yes I, that's a really good example it kind of reminds you of adventure <laughs> quest oh there's goodness. no way this is by a danish studio either it's just not oh, okay. look at the second video right which is the wheelcraft universe is born on the bottom you see that the wheelcraft universe is born about in the world map don't tell me that world map doesn't look like neopets Oh, I see what you're Hit play. Yeah, yeah. Hit play over that. I, I'm using serious Neopets vibes. I like the seven-second world overlay here. Yeah, this is this is nonsense. This is this is most certainly like some bullshit. They, they just tried to put up all the buzzwords like you said on Google and just just slap it all together. It, it makes no no kind of sense. The description just doesn't make sense. More importantly, now, how much money can I give them? What is the maximum amount I can de dedicate, go. donate to them here? Let's see. Let's keep. We gotta keep scrolling, guys. There's a lot here. Oh, here we go. All gone. Never mind that one. This one. Also, right. you can you can you can tell from the you can tell from the just the text, right? It's obviously not a native English speaker, and they they learn English in Denmark, right? They're a Danish person can write in better English than this. It's very clearly a Chinese developed game, and they figured, hey, if we put Denmark in there, people are gonna give us money on Kickstarter because you know nobody likes giving money to Chinese people because we're all you know make. <laughs> Shitty games. <laughs> they tell by putting Denmark in. I know they're bullshit. Look at look at their homepage. Alpha. Look at their homepage. Let's see here. Early access. Yeah. So my favorite part is they have a description of the game again, right? Combining two worlds, our game with active streaming and esports. We make it to something beautiful and refreshing. It's all broken English. This must be a troll. Look look at the last I, line here. I, I, I love the last line. You just got wheelcrafted. <laughs> you guys can't really see it because I, I I gotta minimize my screen here. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's my favorite part. So at the bottom of their homepage, it says, you just got wheelcrafted, smiley face. Smiley face. I think they're trolling and they know it's kind of a scam. You just got wheelcrafted, smiley face. I just love it. This is like the ultimate text. I'm putting it in Twitch <laughs> chat as well. Like they put the little smiley at the end. You just got wheelcrafted, son. All right, so the game will perform with total random item generator and make loot experience rewarding for all levels. It's also designed in crystal, crystal crisp graphics with support from small mobile screens to tested 4K screens with 140 hertz uh, frame rates that look hot as hell. <laughs> this is such nonsense. Yeah, this is this okay. is this is not real. It, I I don't think it's, it's it's made by some guy in Denmark either. It, I, it, I'm getting some Chinese vibes from it. That's that, that's the feeling I'm getting. Guys, it's hot as hell. I I love I love seeing these uh, Kickstarter games, but they've raised a thousand dollars somehow, you know. But they're not they will not get their full amount for sure. Hopefully. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. Kickstarter is, is, is always entertaining. You know, if you're ever bored one day, just search MMORPG on Kickstarter and hope to see you can find uh, some quality materials. So look, 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 scroll down, I'll tell you to their main Kickstarter page. Control F Shaman. The Shaman not alone. Totem with feelings. What is this picture? <laughs> you got some, uh, some Torin 
from World of Warcraft, the Torrin Shaman, and the Shaman is not alone. Totems with feelings. What does that mean? Totems with feelings? And the the, 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 the text under the image is cute totems. <laughs> Those are pretty cute totems, you gotta admit. Those are cute as hell totems, boys. Oh my god. I don't know, it's, it's, this is some quality memes. And this is their text, like, about us. We are five on a talented team with Wheelcraft Studio located in Denmark that have been working together for two years. They got Arthur. Idea and creative director. Of course, there's no last names, guys. He's just Arthur. The guy who made it, he's just Arthur. That's it. He goes by Arthur. He came from background with over 20 years as gamer from Warcraft 2 and Ultima Online. <laughs> this is such, like, broken... This is nonsense. This, like, is, at least it, this yeah. is a good giveaway, by the way. I recall uh, two weeks ago, we talked about another Kickstarter, that VR one. Mm -hmm. And they did the same thing, where they listed their five freelancers, like the artist, the composer, and they used first names only. Because if, mm -hmm. if they gave the full name, you could look these people up and realize they're just Fiverr, uh, you know, people on Fiverr doing gig work, right, for like $10. These aren't, like, there's not a core team here. This is just a five dudes. Mm -hmm. Yes, this, this, is, this is hilarious. It, it's, uh, and what's funny is, like, none of those core people, none of the people on their team, right, Arthur and stuff, it, it's, it's, it's just silly. I, I'm, I'm, I think this is nonsense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This one is even actually more nonsense than the other one. Because at least the other one had that uh, chick yeah. who was like a Google engineer, yeah. right? Yeah, the VR one, Zenith, I think, raised like a good amount of money. But yeah, I, I, I'm not optimistic on that either. But at least they have people with, you know, some programming experience. But yeah, this is, this is quite, the, quite, the, quite the meme, though. Kickstarter, it's a gift that keeps on giving, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. And you know these people are bullshit because you just be able to search their names like you said. I Googled Arthur Mortensen. Mortensen which is the guy in Denmark, apparently. But literally, Arthur Mortensen has no Facebook, no Twitter. doesn't exist on the internet with that name. You know, he just, I guess he's been in incognito mode forever and never uses his name on any website to show up, you know? I think, they, I mean, they just made that up. Look, I know you guys are probably so indoctrinated not to give anyone to Kickstarter now because you inoculated, mm -hmm. I should say, right? Because we kind of warned you guys, yeah. inoculated. But if you do decide to give money to Kickstarter, or you know people who do, at least tell them this. Look up the people on LinkedIn. If, if, if someone does not have a LinkedIn where you can look at their history, you know, in, in the industry, just don't trust them because these things are, you know, the internet is there for us to be transparent, right? You can, if these people are scamming you, they're not going to use real names. And if they, you know, if they use their real names and they have real histories or real, you know, the, you know industry experience, it'll come up. If it doesn't, that's a big red flag. Mm -hmm. that's, that, that's a good rule of thumb. I think just by doing that, you, you can weed out a lot of the nonsense. Yeah, that's our Duker Kickstarter project of the week. And I hope we can find more. They're always uh, quite entertaining. Speaking of uh, Duke or Kickstarter, you had mm -hmm. a chance to try the Battle Royale for oh, Ashes of God. Creation uh, like yes. this week. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, Ashes of Creation Apocalypse, boys. All right, the Ashes of Creation hype wagon for the PC MRPG. Obviously, the MRPG was not playable, but they did do an open beta test for one day only on Steam for Ashes of Creation, uh, the Battle Royale. And boy, was it bad. All right, it was, it was pretty terrible. In fact... After we played Astro Creation Apocalypse, and I thought it was awful, we played Nine Dragons Kung Fu Arena, some like dead Korean MRP, Korean Battle Royale game, which was also pretty terrible. But I had more fun playing uh, Nine Dragons Kung Fu Arena than I had playing uh, Astro Creation. One, the game just ran like ass, all right? The, the sweet, sweet Unreal Engine just didn't, it, it just didn't run well. It just felt like really laggy. And I remember my first drop, right? So it's a Battle Royale game, obviously. You, you drop off into the, into the arena. There's this giant, like this eight-story building. I land on the roof, right, of the building. And you land on the roof. You look around. 
and there's no way to get off the roof. They didn't they put stairs on the on on the on the roof of the building to get down, and you just jump down. You jump down. And you you land on the floor with one HP because you, you can't dive and fall down. But you get the one HP, and I walked around. I found some guy. He one shot me because I was at one HP because I had to jump <laughs> off the goddamn roof. And I, I'm playing with like two, three other friends and like, oh, same thing happened to me, bro. I had to jump off this goddamn roof and I'm at one HP. But the core combat doesn't feel rewarding at all because they, 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 it's basically a, like a kind of like a medieval battle royale game where you find swords, spears, magic. I mean, the concept of being, doing a like a battle royale game with spells and magic is kind of cool, but it's it's executed so poorly. There's actually another battle royale game trying to do what they're doing with the whole medieval combat with magic, which is actually pretty awesome. I forgot what it's called, though, now. They've been doing a few uh, beta tests, and it runs way better, but the name is escaping me right now. But it's just a really, really poorly executed Battle Royale game. It's just a bad Battle Royale game. In fact, it's so bad that when they first released Astro Creation Apocalypse on their own website, there was no 24-hour limit. The game was running forever. You know, you could play whenever you want. But very quickly, people stopped playing it, and you couldn't find matches anymore because everyone stopped playing because it was garbage. Nobody wants to play a garbage Battle Royale game. So they realized, oh, shit, no one's playing our game. What do we do? Let's take it down. So they took it down, and they said, oh, we're going to work on it some more, right? And then they, they meant to work on it while it was live, but nobody was playing it when it was live. So they took it down, and they started. Then, and they only opened up the servers like once uh, once every few weeks on a certain weekend. That way, players should look forward to it and maybe fill up the servers on that one day. And that's the reason, guys, they made the Steam version available for only one day. Because if, if they left it running for three days, nobody's going to play that garbage. Like, everyone's going to play. Like, I play like five rounds, and I quit. Because, like, why would I... Why would I hurt myself by playing this it was so bad the ui is ugly the game runs like ass it's just, it's just awful awful unplayable game and i hope the mrpg if it ever comes out is, is nothing like the battle royale if the mrpg plays just even the gameplay like the battle royale, it's a hundred percent dead on arrival i'd rather play PUBG. of course i'd rather play any other battle there's this chinese scam battle royale game i'd rather play and i know it's stealing my data I'd rather play that than you know than play. Well, actually, Astro it's funny you mentioned stealing your data because I think the main reason of, of doing this whole one day beta for the uh, mm -hmm. apocalypse version was mm -hmm. to harvest emails. Like I, I made an account for the first time with Ashley Creation, mm -hmm. and it, it requires it's on Steam, but it still requires an uh, an account with them. So mm -hmm. I made, I gave him my uh, an email address, and I think they're mm -hmm. going to use that now to say, look how many registered people we have as interested in our game. Ooh, you're when right. they go to investors, when they go to other, you know studios and partners they're going to say look we have x number of people signed up interested to play our game like a million people so i think they're yeah, releasing the, this the emails are valuable for yes. them yeah i think harvest they're just releasing this to harvest emails it's just it's so obviously like the game is they know the game is awful and that's the reason they only let players play for one day you know and and, and they actually had a very coordinated effort by their by their you know zealots to leave positive reviews on the actual page themselves. So if you look at the actual creation apocalypse page on Steam, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, I am like a." Did they have like a program? What was it called? And the Steam reviews themselves, people admit that they're like they're part of like the beta program. Oh yeah, 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 I forgot. Yeah, they're like ambassadors for the game, and they all leave positive reviews. So all the positive reviews came from people that were like invested in the game, where they already given them you know, lots of money. But the game is was just was just not good. And I can't can't find the Steam. There we go, Steam page. Can you can you find the game on Steam anymore, Altai? No. Did they remove the game off Steam? That's funny. Let's see. Wait. I'm pretty sure the game is off Steam now. Like, there's no. Is there? I can't find the Steam store you're page right, for it. You're right. It's. It's this. This is. This is the website. It's down. Yeah. They, they took the game off. The, you can't. The Steam page is not even there anymore. Okay. This whole Steam launch, one day Steam launch, is continuing their process. Nobody wants to play this game for more than a day. It's that bad. It's actually atrocious. Fortunately, it's free to play. So at least they're not taking your money that way. Well, they got but my email. Is, my fake email. They got your email. Not my yeah, real but, one. 
it, it, honestly, it, it left an even worse taste in my mouth for the PC MMORPG. I mean, the MMORPG has some cool ambitions, but by releasing this nonsense, but what's remarkable is they thought the game, they the, the developers behind Apocalypse, they thought they had something here. They put a monetization system in the game already. You could see the cash shop in the one day open beta. They thought they had something there worth monetizing, you know, but it's not. It's awful. No one's going to spend money in that game. It's such a terrible game. And by playing that, I, I have an even negative, more negative view of the PC MMORPG. And, and I, I want the, the PC MMORPG to succeed, but if that's what they got, you know, after all this time since they raised money for the PC MMORPG, all we got is this garbage Battle Royale game. Astro Creation is dead on arrival. It's done, though. I'm, I'm not hopeful. But we'll, <laughs> there's, you know, uh, there's a... But there's, I, gave the, I gave them more hope than I gave uh, Chronicles of Valyria and a few of the other ones, only because they raised so much money. I will you say know, it's I, still early days for them, though. Remember, Astro Creation came after... Their Kickstarter came after yes, things like yes, Chronicles of Valyria and uh, Crowfall and Camelot and Chain. So... To be fair to them, they're still like you know they still have two years of run rate to catch up in time to Chronicles of Valyria, which which by the way is still dead in water. Chronicles of Valyria has nothing, not even a battle royale. <laughs> I mean, Canaris, Canaris, why are they spending resource on this battle royale than their actual MMO? I mean, see, I'll tell you, I discussed this earlier. It seems to our speculation is they realize what the hell did we promise? You know, we we can't make this MMORPG. This is impossible. You know, we promised so much. We got to pivot. What can we do? What are the kids into these days? Oh, battle royale games, Fortnite. Fuck yeah, let's do that. And they just made it. They did. They whipped together battle royale. And they're hoping it succeeds. You know, they're hoping the battle royale game that they put together kind of like does well, and they can focus on that instead. Because I don't think the MRPG is going to happen. It should be noted that that's not actually a bad strat. You know, if in principle, if the game was good, because if you notice, yeah. guys, Fortnite was actually announced like in 2011 or 10 or something, and then yeah. for the first like five, six years of its development, it was actually a team survival like uh, tower defense kind of game where zombies attack the four players working together, mm-hmm. and then. It kind of languished in that alpha state for years with no progress, no interest. You know, it was kind of dead in water. And then I guess somebody at Epic had a bright idea to just copy uh, PUBG. And then all of a sudden it became the biggest game in the world. So mm-hmm. I don't blame, I actually don't blame these companies for trying this. Actually, creation, I mean, why not it, try to, you know, pivot from MMORPG to Battle Royale? But here's the problem mm-hmm. it has to be good. It has to be a good game. You know, Fortnite mm-hmm. was good, it was fluid, it was smooth, especially compared to PUBG. Whereas mm-hmm. Ash of Creation is releasing a, the, the shittiest Battle Royale ever. Right, and then it's bad. It, it, it I, I, if you, I, I, I'm curious. Anybody, anybody in the chat play it? Because like I, when I say it's bad, it is bad. Like I, I enjoy playing bad games. And I did not enjoy playing Astro Creation. Like I like janky, silly, ridiculous games. I, I actually, you know, wrote my brother and some friends to playing Nine Dragons Kung Fu Arena, some bullshit, uh, you know, Korean battle royale game that nobody plays. I, I had more fun with that than I had with Astro Creation Apocalypse. Yeah, I'm curious what other people's takes are because. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be the only one who doesn't like it here. So, yeah. I mean, I was, I was looking. I want to show you the Steam reviews because if you took out the Steam reviews that like that said right at the start, I am an ambassador or part of the Zealot program for Astro Creation. Blah blah blah. This game is amazing. If you took out those guys and look at the other reviews, everyone's like, this is this is terrible. You know, this this was not like a unique opinion by me. It has some pretty strong dislikes on, on Steam outside of the you know hardcore Zealots. And they, again, they took down the Steam page. Yeah, that is weird. I mean. That is weird. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect this. The Steam page was up last time I checked, but now it's down. And it's remarkable to me that a lot of people are still um, like defending the studio, Intrepid Studios. You know, it just seems like they could do no wrong. I mean, I think I think if you funded, if you were looking forward to playing an MRPG, this Battle Royale game is a slap on the face. I mean, it's taking away the people working on the Battle Royale game are not working on the game that they raised money from Kickstarter for. 
You know, so I think you're, you're, you're right to be upset about it. You know, I'm not saying the company can't do that. I mean, once you give them the money, it's their money. I mean, Intrepid Studios is perfectly, you know, legally in the right to do whatever they want with their money and work whatever game they want. But as a, as a customer, you do have a right to feel upset or feel scammed. Yeah, stay away from these Kickstarter games, boys. We've been warning you guys about, you know, Kronk's Illyria, Astro Creation, Star Citizen for, for quite a long time. Indeed. I, I actually, there's, um, I've heard the story about uh, Bioware, actually. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the same depressing vein here of uh, dashed hopes, perhaps. Uh, they, they, Bioware had two big people leave this week, or the last two weeks. The head guy for uh, Anthem, uh, lead producer for Anthem left, and so did the Dragon Age senior producer. They both left the company, and this kind of leaves, I think, Bioware in a really bad, precarious state. Anthem is a disaster. Total dumpster fire. Uh, we, we don't have any hard numbers because it's not on Steam or anything, but the only number we have is uh, Xbox has a list, okay, of their top 40 most popular games, concurrent players at the time. And Anthem is not on the list. Anthem is below, like, nonsense games, like um, the COD from, like, two years ago. It's behind. Mm-hmm. So it's basically got nobody playing on Xbox, which, again, is not the full story. We don't have the full story. But I suspect it's also just floundering on every platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually think Bioware itself is in danger of being shut down. Might be still a couple years out, but uh, I think I Anthem. Think, is there any hope for that game? No, Anthem. Anthem is like I think gonna should get scrapped, but I think Anthem will drag down the rest of the studio. Mm-hmm. Oof, Anthem was was a un, was a huge flop. Mm-hmm. Dragon Age Four, that'd be nice. Well, you're enjoying it, Nomios. That's that's good. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's on. It's quite on sale right now. I think I'm gonna borrow for sixty dollars. Feels ripped off, but uh, maybe for you know ten, fifteen bucks, it's a good deal. So here is the, if anybody has the numbers for Anthem for PC or uh, PlayStation, let me know. I don't mm-hmm. have a good way of looking at it. But if you look at Xbox here on Microsoft.com, most played games. So Fortnite is number one, Grand Theft Auto, all, you know, predictable stuff. Destiny's doing okay. Uh, PUBG's great. Scroll down here. Let's see if did Anthem crack this. No, no Anthem. So Anthem, Anthem is behind uh, DayZ, Borderlands 2. It's behind uh, Halo, the Master Chief Collection. It's behind Call of Duty. Okay, there are less people playing Anthem on Xbox than Call of Duty Black Ops 2, which is an Xbox 360 wow. game. That is impressive. Yeah. That is impressive. All right, let's 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 turn our attention to another MRPG, uh, doing some interesting things. Uh, we have a new buy-to-play server for Arcage Unchained. Have you heard of it? Yes, yes. There was a big announcement. They, they teased it for a bit. Mm-hmm. And now it is coming out kind of similar to the classic stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, not, not, not classic, but it is interesting that they, they took an existing game. I mean, Arcade, is already, Arcade already has, you know, its current free-to-play server up to date. They've had a, they have a progression server going. And now there's a kind of a third iteration of the game, a third server for the game. And they're, they're launching as a buy-to-play server where you can, uh, where there's a fixed cap on... Uh, Everyone has the same cap of 5,000 labor points and the same amount of labor point regeneration, and you can't pay for more. And one of the biggest criticisms for Arcade since launch was the ability to pay for you know extra labor points and stuff and pay for advantages. And they're promising that the, the, the this new buy-to-play server won't have any of that stuff, and the cash will be purely cosmetic and non-gameplay-altering stuff. And in principle, it sounds really cool, because that, that was and has always been one of the biggest criticisms for Arcade. And I'm curious if, what the pricing will be for Arcade Unchained. See if there's, you know, people come back and play it now. We don't have any kind of pricing or release information yet. We know it's coming later this fall. 
I think it'll do well. I think there's a lot of people. Some, somehow, this game still has a lot of pent up demand. I see people talking about it. Mm -hmm. I, I never actually got into Arcade. I mean, I played it when it first came out a little bit in beta with you, but we never really got invested in it. Oh, no. People are saying it's not Tryon, it's Game Ago. Game Ago, Tryon is owned by Game Ago. Yeah. So there is no distinction between Tryon and Game Ago. It's the same company. All right. So they, they try to pull a switcheroo on you. you know? They're hoping uh, you don't really notice. <laughs> Try as a company. It's the same company. It's the same, you know. It's the same folks. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not it's like same. they fired everybody. They're keeping some of the. Yeah, you know. they kept some people. So, it's it's generally the same kind of. They they're pulling a bit of a switcheroo. You know, trying to kind of better image. I mean, like, also, I don't think it's fair to say you know they could still run the server well. You know, even if the Trayon folks completely screwed up the the free to play version of Arcage, you know. If the business model is different for for Unchained, they could still run it well. You know, so I'm not going to say like, oh, it's. it's permanently cursed and plagued to be a failure because those guys are associated with it you know it's a rebranding thing it's run by game ago I, I imagine a lot of the same guys that worked on the the try on are, uh, moved over to game ago and are still running it uh we don't know the pricing yet uh they haven't announced what it is yet uh it's gonna be launching sometime this fall so in the next month or two and we'll find out probably the next couple couple weeks it'll be coexisting with the free-to-play version as well as the the progression version which is still running and it is this version will be by to play you cannot transfer certain characters into the server it's a whole new experience you got to start over from scratch and i think a lot of people will, will give it a try again non pay to win arcade sounds good but it's always you know everyone's worried that in the back of their mind they're gonna they're gonna tweak the cash shop you know once the money dries up to be more pay to win good good point zen exalus if they uh, if they would have went full sub maybe would have been playing it i do think the subscription model like players don't like paying subscriptions in general, but the, but the most hardcore players I think prefer a subscription because when you pay a subscription, you generally have a good idea from all the other subscription-based MMORPGs. There's an expectation that they they can keep making money off you when you when you have a buy-to-play game where everyone buys the game up front. It's very hard to get a revenue stream that continues in perpetuity. You know, you make all your money up front and then the money dries up. What do you do? You know, people aren't really buying skins like crazy or you know cosmetics. At that point, you're tempted. You go for you know pay to win seven to cash up to get more revenue somehow. But when you have a subscription, you keep funding the game's development forever. Basically, there's an incentive to keep the game going. The incentive is to keep making the game good. Incentives change when there's no more money coming in. If there's no more money coming in. You got to make more money. Like if you're a developer at Arcage, Unchained, and you have a buy to play model, you know if you add all this cool new content and you're not charging for it, what's the point? You know, you get nothing out of it. You want to make more money. So the subscription model, I think, makes a lot more sense for a lot of these games. Buy to play, I think, has, has some some serious issues. Unless you can keep selling new DLCs or new expansion, I agree. It shouldn't be fifteen dollars a month. But if they had a server that's maybe like five bucks a month, I think a lot of games, you know, could benefit from that. Yeah, it's oh. uh, Arcade Unchained, boys. Well, it's a game I'm looking forward to playing, but it might be a while until I actually play it. And that is Orcs Must Die Three or more. Did you hear about this? I thought the, I thought the Orcs Must Die, like studio got shut down or something. It basically would have got shut down. They had no money left. But mm -hmm. you know who saved them? Google Stadia. Really? Stadia's, yeah. Just Google just came and said, "Listen, we like your games. Make it a timed exclusive on Stadia, and we'll just fund it." Wow. So that's what's happening. So people in the comments here are going kind of crazy, with loco about you know, oh, it's Google Stadia. I'm never going to play it now. But relax. First of all, it's a timed exclusive, so it will come out on non-Stadia stuff. Um, and again, it would not exist without Stadia. So I think that's just, you know, take it, you know, 
Yeah, I, I think the the hate towards say is a bit too strong. You know, you don't have to use it, but I think there's a good value add for a lot of people. I mean, I think most people watching the stream are not going to use Stadia. I'm not going to be using Stadia anytime until the technology gets like infinitely better. You know, I have the big dick gaming PC. You know, I got the peripherals. I got my 144 hertz monitor. Like, we're not the customers. You know, the casuals are the customers. And I think for them, it could be a good value add. Yeah, I, I think as a you know, when we read stuff on Reddit or uh, gaming forums, you know, we're getting a very biased view, a slice mm -hmm. of the market, right? I actually think, I think Google Stadia will do well. And if Stadia itself by Google is not the success story, some company that does all streaming like this will, will be the you know way forward. Um, just talking about yesterday, we we're talking to somebody uh, mm. I think you went to high school with, right? And basically, they they were, they were a console player for years, mm. and they recently came back to PC. You know, mainly mainly by you know WoW and stuff. And these people, one of the big things that could keep them away from. PC gaming is an investment, right? It costs thousands of dollars to buy a decent PC with, you know, the monitor, the keyboard, the mouse, the, the mic, the headset. And it's just, it's a big commitment. It's a big investment. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people just aren't making that investment. You know, the Canaris has a RTX on. Omar, you have an RTX. Yeah. Um, these, we are not the customer for uh, something like Stadia. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I think it's going to be good for gaming in general. Yes. You know, not for, not for us, guys. We don't, we don't have to use it, but it should bring more people to gaming. So it'd be a net positive. Also, it should be noted that I think it's gonna be much better for the company. I think the companies want everyone on uh, streaming because it's gonna allow them to control the ping. Mm -hmm. Imagine everyone's input was the same, it just normal, you know, standardized. Uh, it's gonna allow people them to control the money. So there'll be less hackers, there'll be less piracy. It would stop hacking, which would be amazing. You know, mm -hmm. you won't be able to interact with the game files if they're all hosted remotely elsewhere. You know, it, it would fix the hacking issue. And I think for FPS games, that'd be a godsend. But the problem is FPS games are the most reliant on the least input lag, you know? They're very twitchy. Every little millisecond counts. But, but eliminating the hacking would be such a big deal, too, because FPS games, even CS, CSGO is on the high end, has so many hackers. There have been, like, surveys on, like, how many players got in, in global elite end up getting banned after, like, a couple weeks. Just a staggering amount of hackers in, in FPS games. Well, not, not, okay, I actually think it'd be good for ping, too, especially in... So imagine in the future when CSGO, if you want to play ranked, it's only through streaming, not local. Because what they could do is... You, they could pick a ping, like 150, let's say, right? Or 100, whatever. That's a bit high. 100, let's say 100. 100. Or 80 or something. Okay. It would, it, let's say your ping is 80 to the server, but they want, it's 100, you know, is the default. What they'll do is they'll just, they'll just loop you in a circle to make, make you 100 too. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, they could. That's, that's possible. So they could, actually, they could actually make it fair, where literally everyone playing is playing at 100 ping. Mm -hmm. You could be right next to the server. You're still at 100 ping because it just loops you. And, yeah, I mean, sort of equalizing the ping would be kind of cool. Yeah, so yeah, ping equalization is a big deal. I know, it, it, even at the competitive end, you know, if you if you have like you know twenty ping to the server and someone you playing against has a hundred, that's a big difference. I, I think the biggest the biggest thing though is eliminating hackers. Yeah. And a lot of game, whether you know, hackers can ruin the experience for a lot of people. And you'll know when you play on Stadia or a streaming service that that part is controlled. You know. Anyway, we have another game coming out on on Steam. Not on Steam. Uh, another MRP is coming out called Eternal Magic Altai. Eternal we showed this, Magic. Uh, we showed this video off earlier, but the trailer got removed. Because we people made fun of how awful the trailer was. Fortunately, some random YouTube channel up re-uploaded the trailer all the time. This game is coming out, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Open that volume. Listen to that quality voice for acting for Eternal years, Magic. Who is hype for this no-name game? The lands of Teresia, until the balance was disrupted. <laughs> you showed me this, right? With, the, with that Eastern European guy's accent? And unkind This looks like a beta from WoW. Hero, your time has come. 
awaken. Your destiny lies through a variety of paths. Choose the one for you. Crush the enemies on your own, or force the hordes kneel before your squad. Triumph in PvP battles, tame the most cute creatures, and settle Lolly. in a dream mansion. Prevent the cataclysm. The future of Teresia depends on you. Damn. I am hype. Prevent cataclysm. <laughs> it's a Russian game, Altai. Are you hype? Oh, I'm super hyped. Is there? I think it's like East European. I don't think it's Russian. Yeah, but it's I, I, honestly like real talk. I'm hyped to play, and I bet you anything it's gonna be better than Astro Creation Apocalypse. Right? I'm gonna have more fun playing Eternal Magic than I will playing Astro well, Creation Apocalypse. It exists, so it has that going for you. Yeah, I'm the MRPG for Eternal Magic will be infinitely better than the Astro Creation nonsense. Oh, you missed our rant earlier about Astro Creation, but that game, ooh, that 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 Battle Royale was awful. Bunny lollies, I'm all in. So this is they, they they felt embarrassed by this trailer they took it down and they put a better one up so the new trailer is i think the same exact like gameplay stuff but it's voice acted better so they got like somebody that's like not off fiverr for five dollars they, they paid a real voice actor and it's quite a bit better but i i prefer this version you know this looks like a like a like a fisher price world of warcraft yeah definitely I, I, they're not even hiding it they even use the same words like you know horde, yeah. horde. Mm -hmm. they, they, they they just dropped all the wow terms yeah they don't know why, like why it was successful, but so they wanted to use the same terminology, so maybe like they'll get a piece of that action. Yeah, I'm 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 hyped to make it. I'm hyped to do a first look video for Eternal Magic Boys. It's happening, all right. Nice. We'll get that OG first look experience as soon as this this bad boy comes out. Speaking of new games, there's actually another version of Ragnarok coming out. Another version. Another, More Ragnarok. Another Ragnarok. Another, just, is it mobile? It's actually going to be multi-platform. It's an HTML okay. uh, version. It's called Assault Exclamation Mark Ragnarok. Assault! So here's some graphics gameplay here. And it, I mean, it kind of kind of looks Fisher Pricey, honestly. <laughs> Another Fisher Price. Uh, Is it developed by the same people? It's, it's being developed by a Chinese studio. Oh. So, yeah. you, so you know. Gravity's just whoring itself. Uh, Gravity is just like completely slutted out, all right? They made a good game back in the day. And since then, they've been licensing the name Ragnarok to literally anyone. You want a piece of that booty? They'll give it to you, all right? They're, they just completely hold themselves out. Where they're like, There's like 15 Chinese studios working on Ragnarok spinoffs now because Gravity just, just completely hold themselves out. Yeah, there's not much but, about it yet, but there you go. Yeah. Another, another. Yeah, another. Uh, looks, this looks totally like mobile, though. Browser-based. Somebody said it looks HTML5. It looks kind of like that. It is HTML5, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's see what else. Well, there's a there's an RTX trailer for Minecraft. Did you see that? Uh, no. I so, got another graphical one. Yeah, this is a, an official trailer by NVIDIA. Mm -hmm. And they're showing off Minecraft, Minecraft with RTX off and on. So let's see if we can skip this guy talking. Whoa, look at that, guys. Look at that Minecraft. Whoa. Whoa. Minecraft is a kind of big deal, all right? So this is off. Oh, it's kind of a big difference if, if this is real. So if you look at this, off and on. Wow. Whoa. Salta, do you remember what I said my cue was at the start of this podcast? You said it was three hours you said it was going to take? 
Well, I forget. I said it would take three hours. Did, did they give you a number? No, I, I think you probably I did. I don't remember. Yeah, I forgot to. But I, it still says 7,000 EQ. Wow, so it hasn't made any progress. Estimate so time, three hours. Rip. So for the last hour and 10 minutes, my queue has basically barely moved. Now, I moved maybe 1,500 spots in the queue in the last hour. So I, I, am, I am not going to be able to get on Vanilla WoW, Classic WoW for, I think, at least from here on, another three hours. Are we in, no, we're in Crossroads in the Barrens. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm excited to play today. That's on, that's a, that's on Remo's docket. I've been playing... Uh, I played Final Fantasy 14 right, when uh, resets happened for my weekly loot. Unfortunately, I didn't get any loot this week, boys. I, I've rolled a one on my, my weapon coffer, which is what I wanted most this week. Didn't get it. Don't you get, like, so a token said, or something every time you fail? and then? Yeah, I need to get eight. So I have three tokens right now, and if I get eight tokens, I'm fine. I get the weapon I want. but Or I just win one roll a week, you know, against eight other, seven other people. So if I go another five weeks, I can get the weapon without, you know, rolling against anyone. I didn't do Titan normal every week. I'm just I, I want to get my three. I want to get my four seventy five weapon. All right. Did you get any of the gear pieces? Yeah, yeah. I got a bunch of gear pieces, but I, 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 the weapon is obviously the biggest deal. Mm -hmm. I don't have. I'm missing my chest piece, my hat, my weapon, and I think two accessories. I think I, I think I got everything else. I don't want no welfare weapon, Canaris. I want the good shit. All right. I'm here for the four seventy five weapon. I'm hyped for it. And once I get that bad boy, I'll do some more parse runs and other fun stuff. Until then, I'm just playing some classic WoW. I got one more story. Uh, I'm on my favorite subject, Spatial OS, everyone's favorite <laughs> non-existent engine. Um, a company called Clang, who's making a game called Seed, a sci-fi uh, MMORPG, raised $22 million. Um, and I, why don't we find some? Is there any videos for this? No. No videos I got, here. I got a good meme, video, meme picture for you while you look for a video. Let's see the memes. What is this? Very loud parent. All right. What? When do we get to play the game? This is the game. <laughs> <laughs> the 25,000 person queue. Oof. I like it. <laughs> spatial OS should have its own segment. You know, poor Spatial OS. One day, maybe something will happen. You know, poor SoftBank, the big Japanese conglomerate, invested like $300 million into uh, Spatial OS like a couple of years ago. That money is all wasted. It's all gone. What a disaster. So here we go. This is some gameplay, guys, for Seed. All right, this is a this is happening, guys. This is a real spatial mm -hmm. OS game. You know, this is like the eighth time. Spatial These guys OS. raised like fifty million dollars. Something crazy. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Wow, look at this. Amazing. It's a simulation MMO, apparently. Is like a more advanced version, like SimCity, or is it an actual MMO? I mean, they they build it as an MMO. They said it's a simulation game, which is kind of weird because you know, when you think MMO, you don't think simulation game because like, where's the multiplayer? You know? Yeah, I, I have no idea what this what's going on here. It's an MMO simulation colonization game. Uh, they're trying something different, you know. Again, they've raised like there's some German company, I think. They raised like fifty something crazy, over forty million dollars for sure. But this round they raised twenty two million, and they raised money before this as well. So to date, they raised about thirty seven point four million dollars. So it's a lot of money, guys, going into a uh, seed. Given that a spatial OS, that alone makes you think it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think I think they're kind of playing with un untested technology. Um... It, but also, what does that mean to you? A, a simulation. MMO, like, what's what am I playing? Am I playing SimCity? Are we, are we playing SimCity like multiplayer? Are like five thousand people playing SimCity on the same world? What's happening here? I, I have no idea. My guess is you, everyone kind of runs their own little planet or something, and then the NPCs run around building stuff for you. I'm I'm just surprised and bamboozled that you know they raised like 
Spatial West raised like some three million dollars from SoftBank. Some, you know, some, they raised a lot of money. All right, here we nothing go. is really coming. This is yet. this is a uh, little briefer here. Seed is an online life simulation where each player manages multiple characters. Set far in the future, players work together to rebuild society and create a new home in a vast world similar to Earth. The simulation is persistent and continuous, meaning that when players are offline, their characters will continue to live in their lives within the simulation. Seed users Improbable's Spatial OS, a cloud platform that helps simulate a world much larger and richer and with more players than any single engine or server could. Clang has 44 employees. Okay, they raised $500 million, I'll tell you. Spatial OS was worth an over $1 billion valuation. That Damn. money is all burnt, boys. Nothing has come out of this, this engine yet. Nothing. Hey, maybe Seed will do it. Who knows? Yeah. I would not be investing in Seed, though. Let me they tell you. are the chosen one. I, I'm still surprised. Though. Like, how do you how do you just raise like thirty million dollars on this unproven nonsense tech? You know, I guess if it works, it might be amazing. But I just find it remarkable that so many studios can raise money for you don't, you dubious know, I don't, concepts. You know, I don't get it was all this money Spatial OS is pouring in. Why don't they just make a game at least to prove yeah. the model? Like, there is literally not one game that actually functions on Spatial OS. Yeah, at least yeah, the developers of Spatial OS made their own game using their own tech. They can show like the world how it works. And they can teach people how to use it. You know, Epic Games makes some of their own games using the Unreal Engine, so they can you know make their tools more useful yeah. for their for is their there, users. Is there a better advertisement for the Unreal Engine than Fortnite? Like, look what we can do with this engine, right? Now, now pay us to license the engine. But why would he go with Spatial OS? It's like there's no, they they have nothing. Yeah, it, it's it is really bizarre, and I think uh. I think Fractured, yes. Fractured also said they were using Spatial OS. That was another Kickstarter-funded ARPG-style game. And there's, you know, I think we showed a video a long time ago, but there's not much progress on there yet either. And literally every like every studio that tried to use it, like the guys that did um, Worlds of Drift said, like, okay, this, the Spatial OS stuff, we just couldn't get it to work. The the Chronicles of Lyria people said the same thing, like, we just couldn't get it to work. It's like it's clearly not easy to work with. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, $500 million is a lot of money, Canaris. I feel like you can buy quite a few MMOs with $500 million. How do you claim... How do you, because, because here's, the, here's the difference, Isaiah 12. When the Wright brothers said they could fly, people didn't believe them. They didn't. They went and proved it. But we've seen like a dozen games that said they're going to change the world using Spatial OS, and every single one has flopped. Like, across the board. That, that, this clear, and the only thing in common is, is this technology. This Spatial OS technology. It's improbable engine. That, that's the problem. It just hasn't worked. They raised 502 million buccarinos. The, the guys that make Spatial OS. Still amazed that... Uh, what's Star Citizen up to these days? Star Citizen fundraising. Always good to look at. Are they up to over 20 million yet? I don't know why we're maybe the post. Two thirty-three. My bad. They're quite a bit over. Yeah, we should be post game okay. for this. We're month. gonna go with the post game, and we're gonna trash on Spatial OS a little more. Um, so thanks for watching, guys, and stay mm -hmm. tuned. Take care for you too.